0: And welcome everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're not pastors; we're just regular guys, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! Have no idea where you ended up, but go cool. find your way to Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and we're still in the middle and we hope it's the middle actually we hope it's towards the end but we're still teleconferencing our podcast and we're in various locations around the Sugarland area my name is Bill Cox and and I'm the host and this is such a great podcast we have a panel discussion we essentially go through a adult bible fellowship abf or Sunday school lesson uh read a scripture and we have guys with various backgrounds and interests and we dissect that kind of update the meeting and put a man's spin on it we like to call this the no church answers tour because that's what we do and it's very hard to have that kind of discussion uh a kind of deep discussion that we have weekly here on this podcast Anywhere else. So we're glad you found us. And I'm not sure how you found us. You might have found us on iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Facebook. We have all of our uh, podcasts archived on SoundCloud. You're welcome to, to go through the titles and uh, pick out the ones that you might like. But also we're on the uh, the brand new and fastest growing app that's a Christian platform pray.com so pretty exciting stuff and because of that we uh we have a new segment that we're going to be premiering uh, this week called uh, men matter
1: welcome to the men
2: matter focus on friend segment This is where we focus the Men Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast audience on organizations and resources helpful to the spiritual man. Five questions to give you, our listener, a quick overview. And now, for the Men Matter, focus on Friends Fast Five.
0: And welcome, everybody. This is a brand new segment where we get five questions uh, to a resource that is helpful to the men. Recognizing that uh, death by despair and uh, suicide neg- by neglect are real, and big reasons for the age of mortality being five years less for men than women, uh, closing that gap is a tangible mission for Man Up. And so what we decided to do is to uh, expand our outreach um, with not only uh Man Up Media, but to create this uh, Men Matters segment. We are so excited that the very first guest, he's an absolute giant in the uh, uh, addiction and recovery field. He's dedicated his life uh, to helping others. And this is none other than
2: Mr. John Cates. Uh, Say hi to the folks, John. (laughs) Hey, 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 and that was, oh, that was really, really kind, what you just said. Wow. Well, wow. is it really recording? Because I need to play it back for my wife,
0: okay? Yeah, right, right, <laughs> and send your check to me as well, That's right. and uh, so in the hot seat, and for the fast five, uh, Mr. John Cates, and uh, question number one, I'd just like to uh, have you tell tell the audience the
2: name of your ministry. The name that it's best known by is Lifeway. Uh, it is also known by Association of Alternative Peer Groups and the APGs, Alternative Peer Group. On a national level, you will find APGs, there are about 40 of them that are members of the association right now. And then there's some others that aren't members. That And it stands for Alternative Peer Group Program. That's Excellent. The baby.
0: And... Uh, just, uh, just give the audience a, a little uh, snippet on the mission of the ministry.
2: Well, it is actually anchored in about 50 years of knowledge obtained about recovery from substance use disorder. I wanna hit that word hard, substance use disorder. Notice I didn't say alcoholism and I didn't say addiction and I didn't say uh, substance abuse. What we found out, after 20 years of walking around saying we think it's a disease, it looks like a disease, we found out with the help of MRIs and CAT scans, that in fact, it is a disease, and it's caused by exposing the brain to these substances, period. Uh, from the Christian standpoint, we have about, um, oh, I don't know, about 70 times in the Bible it says don't get drunk. It doesn't say don't drink. It does say don't get high, you know, don't get drunk. And that's the point where we know that you have damaged, you know, done some damage and abused the brain with these substances. So going back to the question though, 50 years ago, there was an organization here, a Palmer Drug Abuse Program that was there when I needed to get well. And they started discovering ways to deal with this uh, that matched up with science that came along uh, 25 years later. And uh, Lifeway, which began in 1985, took advantage of all of that. And I opened it, and I had the opportunity to open the first recovery high school along the way, also. Mostly dealt with adolescents, but also did adults and uh, older adults. And today, Lifeway is centering on over 25 year olds. Uh, but it centers around embracing the disease as it is, not as we wish it was, not as a lot of propaganda and folks trying to make a buck want to tell you it is, but really what it is. Embracing that and and the elements that we know bring success. <laughs> You're
0: such an awesome guest. You pretty much answered uh, my question three and four, how <laughs> I got started and the difference that you made. Uh, one final question, though: um, How would someone uh, get involved or support your group?
2: Uh, a website, or or? There's or a how website. Guys- There's there several things For, to support the effort at large. The Association of Alternative Peer Groups, what's reaching all over the world doing these things, is a website, and is the Association of Alternative Peer Groups? The Lifeway program itself. It's easy enough. You can call me on the phone. 713-459-9427. Let me say that again. 713-459-9427. Or the uh, office number. That was my cell number. You can call me. Uh, but uh, And there is a website, Lifeway International. Uh, and there's another. And then you can also go to uh, uh, Facebook. There's Lifeway Rocks on Facebook. So there's a lot of different you know, different ways to get in touch. It's easy. Excellent. And I want to thank, uh,
0: thank our very first guest, Mr. John Cates, for uh, the Fast Five. And on behalf of producer Steve Titch, uh, my name's Bill Cox. This is the Men's Matter segment. All right, and welcome back. Uh, this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, I believe this is our 10th our week. It's called Faith Under Fire, and it's the study of Daniel. Uh and we have some great panelists uh that's here that as we go through this. Um he is a world class policy writer. Uh he's also the producer of the show and a bit of a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch hey, is uh hey, with Steve, us. Hey, Steve. Steve, Steve suddenly and, and, a producer
3: <laughs> a battlefield and
0: promotion he, <laughs> and he's an He's an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor, so he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. Mr. Michael Cropper is on with, you this, with us this week.
4: <laughs> Hi, Michael.
0: A world-class trainer for a Fortune 100 company. Uh, he's back uh, in the Sugarland area from the uh, frozen tundra that's not frozen. i uh, like to welcome back, uh, we call him the professor, uh, Robert Koshu. He hey, Robert. Well? And with that, and uh, we give uh, Kyle Trahan an excused absence because he's working late. So, and you know, a lot of times, you know, funny, pre COVID, most people would feel sorry for uh, somebody that had to work late. But for the people that are out there quarantined, they're probably thinking, man. I wish I could work late. I actually, I probably wish I could work at all. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss Kyle, but uh, he's got an excused absence from us. So um, we're on this lesson ten, and it's Daniel's prayer of confession. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and get a brief overview from the fellows on that as we get started. And start with Mr. Steve Titch.
3: Well, we take a break from all that apocalyptic imagery and uh, Drama that we've had for the past two weeks uh, visions of beasts visions of goats visions and of, of, of seats of judgment and we get a rather uh, a heartfelt very deeply personal prayer of confession from Daniel on both behalf of himself and uh, the nation of Israel and uh, you kind of welcome the change of pace here because I think there's there's a, a little bit more uh, personal stuff to unwrap in it uh, especially about the nature of prayer and confession so
4: so it's I, I'm looking forward to this change of pace. Boy, boy Steve I'm going to be missing the fact that we're talking about something we don't understand <laughs> or I don't understand. Right. <laughs> right. That's,
0: that's <laughs> Go ahead, Michael Cropper. Give your basic uh, overview of this lesson.
4: Okay, sure, Bill. Um, it's been about five years before the 70 years of captivity has ended. Daniel reads uh, Jeremiah the prophet, and there's a couple of references in, in our, our lesson today where Jeremiah predicts the desolation and the captivity which the Israelites will suffer for their sins will last 70 years in Babylon. And... Um, Daniel has been in that land now about just about 70 years, maybe 65 years, they they estimate. And his homeland was destroyed. And of course, the Temple of Solomon was burned when he was carried away as a youth. Daniel's extremely loyal in his service to God. And when he arrived in Babylon, we saw him refuse the rich food and the drink offered to him by king Nebuchadnezzar as a uh, a chosen person to be an advisor to the king. Um, Daniel and his friends, three friends, which you remember we studied about, chose a very strict and very bland diet, I must say, from what I read. Um, I'm guessing he was raised either Orthodox Jew or as a Nazarite, and he stuck, he stuck with the strict principles uh, which he was raised with, and um, however those facts may have been you no know, consequent today in some of our churches. We know that sometimes uh, the child of our pastors may be the most least disciplined in the church, but Daniel sticks <laughs> with his convenience. Right, guys? Yeah. Daniel sticks. sticks right, right. And the fact that Daniel has had a close relationship and dedication to God. In today's lesson, as Steve mentioned, we do see that Daniel expresses his deep compassion for his homeland, to which he was not likely to return. We're not exactly told why it came on him at this time, because it's still not, the end of 70 uh, years. I, I think
3: he could count as good as anyone. <laughs> I, you, I think, I think he, know, he's been there close to, he's, he's just, you know, we're, we're, he's just seen the change of, you know, go with that, the, the, the essential. Oh, the I, yeah, I think he senses, he, he senses something's happening. I, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah. And he's, you know, and it's like, he's doing the math here.
4: No, I, I agree. He's done the math and and it, his love and concern. Now this is very fascinating about the, the passage today that we're going to read and talk about. Daniel's love and concern is not for himself because he is probably not going to get to return to Israel, not going to get to return to the holy city. But his relationship is so great with God and his, his compassion and, and, and desire in this prayer that, that Bill will read in just a few moments has to do with his fellow Jewish uh, um, Israelites and, and their relationship with God. So he's going to ask God to forgive their iniquities, sins, and wickedness of himself and his fellow Jews. I guess he doesn't know whether or not anybody has done that in the 65 or 70 years that they've been in Babylon. But he has an extremely heavy heart. He fasts, he puts on sackcloth to express his remorse and sadness. Now, today's lesson, Daniel knows that God is a God who keeps his word. And he has promised to return the children of Israel back to the promised land. And I, as I mentioned, he's probably not sure whether anybody has asked God forgiveness of all the people. Today's lesson is a true example, like Steve said, of praying with humility and compassion. I look forward to talking about it.
0: Excellent. Uh, professor, your overview of this lesson.
4: So
5: two things always hit me with this. Number one, um, one of our kind of taglines, or one thing we always talk about is exercising your faith muscle. And faith muscle exercise is nothing more than what most people refer to as spiritual discipline. And prayer is one of those massive spiritual disciplines that we have to follow. So I'm looking forward to it a for that, because we always end up talking about exercising your faith muscle and spiritual discipline of prayer is most definitely one of those. The second thing is we're going to talk a little bit about cheap grace and there's a quote in our book. I'll read it because it is from my favorite author. And, and we will, I will tell bon his story. See, see, Bill knows me.
4: Right. Um, and right.
5: I, I will tell his story a little, you know, real short, tell his story before we talk about the quote. Because he really talked about the idea of how do you avoid cheap grace.
0: Excellent. Yay, Bill. Uh, We
4: forgot
0: to say yay, Bill. Okay. Well, what I'm struck by uh, in this particular uh, passage, and we'll be listening to it uh, in a moment, is, uh, yeah, like Steve said, he is, uh, Daniel, uh, at this point in in time, is an old man. Uh, You know, mortality Uh, he sees the end of his natural life. But like Mike said, uh, he's also lived a disciplined spiritual life. And what really kind of struck me is, you know how people that have been disciplined, the, the reason why they're disciplined a lot of times is because they're going to delay gratification for the end. And yet, You don't get the sense that he's cheering uh, as he's going through this prayer that, hey, I'm disciplined and you're not, therefore I get this and you don't. You don't get any of that. Um, He really is taking it upon himself as being a representative of the people of Israel um on this and it's it's really it's really quite striking uh in this passage so uh and with that uh let's go ahead and uh let's uh read the passage daniel 9 1 through 23 in the first year of darius son of xerxes ameti by descent who was made ruler over the babylonian kingdom in the first year of his reign daniel understood from the scriptures according to the word of the lord given to jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of jerusalem would last 70 years so i turned to the lord god and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes i prayed to the lord my god and confessed lord the great and awesome god who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous. But this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered with shame. Lord, because we have sinned against you, The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants and prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses... The servant of God have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words against spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing us great disaster under the whole heaven. Nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem, just as it is written in the law of Moses. All this disaster is Come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn, to all those around us. Now, our Lord, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen, Lord, forgive, Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel the man I had seen in the earlier vision, come to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word, and understand the vision you know that was totally different from what i would have expected from someone who was spiritually disciplined his whole life and looking at the end of life yeah personally i i would have expected him to be taking a victory lap but uh yeah But, you know, he he didn't. So, um, real quick, uh, we're we're about ready to take our break. But before we do that, I just want to have Robert uh, just talk a little bit about, introduce the cheap grace that you're going to uh, talk about when we get back from the the break.
5: Really, the idea of cheap grace is that we're saved. So, what does it matter? Go send it. Go do whatever you want. Wine, women, and song. Huh. You know, your your grace has been bought by Christ. So go do anything and everything you want to do because why not? You've been forgiven of your sin. Go and do that. That's huh. where the theory of cheap grace comes from. And Bonhoeffer and Daniel here have a lot to say about that.
0: All right. And with that, uh, we're going <clears> to <throat> take our first break.
1: Pray.com is the fastest-growing Christian app that brings you daily prayer and Bible stories that inspire, educate, and help you sleep. Download Pray.com to make prayer a priority in your life. But did you know there are other offerings? Say you're not sleepy and are looking for something a little more challenging, and you're not interested in the typical church answers. We have that for you as well. Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, not pastors, just regular guys, have brought their faith-based No Church Answers Tour podcast to Pray.com. Listen to thousands of inspirational audio content like ours today. So to be inspired, challenged, ministered on your faith walk, or just soothed to sleep by timeless Bible stories, Pray.com and its many selections is the app for a person just like you. Daily prayer and Bible stories to inspire, educate, and help you sleep. Make prayer a priority in your life. And download pray.com today. All right, and welcome
0: back. Uh, this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. This is podcast number 166. And uh, we're, we're in the study of Daniel, and uh, we're just talking about Daniel's prayer, Daniel being a, an old man. And in this uh, Daniel 9 1 through 23, uh, it's his prayer of confession. And, uh, I was just, uh, we were just talking about cheap grace with, uh, Robert Koshu and he got that from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, would you like to expand on that a little bit more, professor? Sure.
5: So, so let me just tell you the story of Bonhoeffer and I have probably recanted his story on a number of occasions. Um, so Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German theologian, um, prior to World War II, actually, was teaching seminary there um, at Berlin University prior to and during the first years of Hitler coming to power. Um, When Hitler came and he really started rising up and coming into power and setting things up, Bonhoeffer was one of the theologians who was deeply, deeply disturbed by what he saw of Hitler. Um, the Lutheran church in Germany is the state church. So there was a segment of that church, the vast majority of it actually bought lock, stock, and barrel of what Hitler wanted and basically adopted Lutheranism to accommodate Nazism and follow through with the fascist ideas and everything else. Bonhoeffer said, hang on a second, we can't do that. He found, he founded a church called the Confessing Church, which Kept forth the principles of general Christianity during that time frame. And he actually became an outspoken opponent of Hitler during that time. Ran a seminary there for a while um, just to see how things were going. And at one point, he actually ended up here in America. And Reinhold and Richard Niebuhr, who were 1930s American theologians in New York, actually arranged for Bonhoeffer to have a um actual teaching position here in new york so he could avoid going back to germany where he would be persecuted his answer was i cannot help my people after this ends if i don't go through this with my people so he went back to germany um continued speaking out actually ended up joining the obrar which was german intelligence has basically a double agent he was actually going and because of his contacts within churches, he would go and actually share information with those guys. So one of his best known works is a book called Cost of Discipleship. And it he in it he wrote, When Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. And then in our book today, he talks about cheap grace. And this is also a quote. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this is in cost of discipleship as well. And it says Cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, and grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. And so it it really is that, and, and coming from a man that basically stood up so the end of his life Um, after the plot to kill Hitler, he was actually implicated in it because he had communicated it was going to happen to the Anglican church who let the English government know. Um, He ended up spending several years in Tegel Prison outside of Berlin where he was known for praying and counseling inmates while bombs were going. The uh, guards would basically run to the bomb shelter and leave the prisoners in the cells while bombs were falling everywhere. And then ended up after the plot to kill Hitler was announced, he actually ended up being shipped to the Flossenberg concentration camp where he was killed about three days before the camp was actually uh, liberated. So he is considered one of the 20th century martyrs for Christ because of his stance. And so the idea that a man who would be so in his faith that he literally took an active role Roll against evil in the world and move forward is something I think we can all look forward to and and it's one of those that the idea of exercising your faith because it it's easy, not as much as it used to, but it, it's easy to get up Sunday morning and go to church and not have anything you do impact your faith. You know it, it's easy to get up, go to church, and you know and we've talked about this how easy is it to get up Sunday morning, you know, other than having to physically get up and go and then go hang out in church. And where Steve has commented multiple times over, you hang out with people that look like you, people that talk like you, people that in your socioeconomic status. And there are times people use the church to actually help their business as they move forward with stuff. And so, that's easy how hard is it to make the sacrifices that we're called to make and if you don't do that and i think what we can see is israel basically they were sacrificing animals left and right before they were invaded and captive by babylon i mean they they were following the site daily sacrifice do it that we're doing the passover here's the sprinkling of the blood priest goes back into the holy of holies you know they were following the letter of the law to a t but where were their hearts really
0: well and you know the thing about it is uh faith uh just like many things uh that are in in life that are difficult uh it's it's the journey it's not the destination uh that is the fulfilling part of it and that you know that's that's part of uh part of discipline i'm reminded of a story of a. Uh, of a boy who uh, wanted to be an Eagle Scout. Uh, and his and his dad uh, was an estranged dad and found out that he wanted to be an Eagle Scout and asked him why. He goes, because I want all those badges. So uh, his dad showed up one day with a bag. He said, uh, I stopped by at a, uh, at a garage sale and I got this for you. And the boy opened it up and it was all the badges to be an Eagle Scout. (laughs) And the boy said, it essentially destroyed me. It destroyed the the whole reason to be an Eagle Scout. The, The dad just thought that you could put those pins on and become one. And no, it's the journey. It's the discipline to be one. And that's part of being a man. And I think that that is... The journey of Daniel that that we've gone through too. So, Michael Cropper, your impression of uh, of this passage?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm listening to it, and I I, I uh, again I think of how Daniel approaches God. He he says, uh, "We are hopelessly in sin. We have been hopelessly in sin. Uh, you're righteous, God. There is no way we can." meet any standard that you have placed on us of righteousness. We have disobeyed your laws. We have offered meat to idols. We have offered our children to idols. We have done just very, very, very wicked things. And um, then what he does is he reminds God, if you guys notice through the passage, he reminds God of his righteousness. And he, in fact, he starts out at the very beginning of the passage. He says, you are a righteous God. Though we are though we are sinful and we have done wickedly yet you are righteous and because of your righteousness uh, forgive our sins and and one thing one uh passage that this this reminded me of when I kept going through it was second chronicles seven thirteen through fourteen and second chronicle seven nineteen through twenty two uh let me just read those two short passages real quick um, second chronicles uh let's see what did we say. Seven nineteen through 22. Um, but, it, oh, Lord, the Lord tells Solomon. Solomon is dedicating the temple to him. And at this time, they're making sacrifices. And Solomon talks to the Lord, and the Lord actually appears to him and, and says, Solomon, uh, I will answer your prayers. I've heard your prayer, and I've chosen this place for myself, the temple for sacrifices. But he, he tells Solomon, literally if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I have given you, and you go off to serve other gods, and you worship them, then I will uproot Israel from the land which I have given them, and I will reject this temple I have consecrated for for my name, and I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. This This temple will be a heap of rubble and all who pass by it will be appalled and say, why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and his temple? And um, then he goes on to say, people will answer because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their ancestors who brought them out of Egypt. And they have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why brought this disaster on them. And then finally, uh, the, the, the second part, which I believe... Uh, Daniel references is uh, chapter 7, 13 and 14. And the Lord says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And I think throughout the passage, Daniel uh, reminds God of this phrase. He says, there's no way we are good enough to be righteous in your eyes. But, Lord, you promised that if we turn from our ways, if we sought you, if we prayed to you and turned toward you, you promised you would forgive us our sins and you would bring us back. Uh, That's something that struck me uh, real good. Thank you, Bill. Excellent, Steve.
3: Well, the um, two of you kind of nail it. Robert said uh, about uh, you know where do where do you start? and Why do people why is why is grace sometimes treated so cheaply? It's it's not it's kind of ironic. Grace is free, a free gift from God, but it's not cheap. And uh, Michael started talking about yes the. the the confession aspect of this, the, and Baptists, and this is not, this is not a slam, but Baptists don't do confession. Um, a former Christian, last, last last Catholic what I am, um, but also certainly uh, the Presbyterians and Lutherans have a section of their service that uh, has a confession in it. Um, And I think that's where really the road to grace begins with a true heartfelt confession. And here we get uh, a model of it, really, um, where maybe he's on his knees. He certainly figuratively at least gets down on his knees. He uh, He certainly supplicates himself before God. Daniel does. And goes into pretty... Lengthy detail as to the sins the nation has committed, and he does not absolve himself. he's not saying it was everybody but me I'm here to 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 pray on their behalf. He is praying on his own behalf and the behalf of 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 his fellow Jews here uh, for deliverance for forgiveness and for an end to the exile and uh, which which Daniel also says it's been promised. Uh, and so he's, though really, he's not demanding it. That's that's the other thing. You don't, he's not going to God and saying, you owe me this. He's saying, we have really screwed up. I mean, I'm, 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 I think that's even taking it too lightly. We were horribly unfaithful. And what we see here also is really a, a not only in accounting of how to confess before God, but how to confess and seek forgiveness from friends and loved ones. And it's not, like Robert would say, the cheap way of, oh, if I offended you, I'm sorry. It's, I have offended you. I know I have offended you. I know I have hurt you. And these are the ways I hurt you. Um, And... Um, here's what here here are the ways I've hurt you, so uh, this is uh, this is really important I think in your in a road toward grace, heartfelt confession, heartfelt uh, you know searching of where you're falling short, and I'm not doing this in a in an in a self-abnegating way, but a way to really come before God with an understanding of where you've fallen short and where that grace gets you. Because the other side of the coin is, we, we can't stay mired in our, oh, how a horrible person I am. The other side of this is accepting the grace. Um, and I think that's really important. And I think that's that's also, you might say, the other side of cheap grace. We have we have people who, yeah, oh, God, I'm saved you know, I'm headed toward the strip club for a couple of drinks. The other side of this is I am not worthy to stand before God and he should have nothing to do with me. That, that I think, are the two extremes. Uh, here we see, here, okay, here we see where confession but also the acceptance of grace.
0: Well, we're getting ready to take our second break here real quick. I just want to throw in something um, about Daniel's prayer. Daniel didn't pray for selfish reasons. He didn't, he didn't pray for Daniel's will to be done. Uh, he prayed for, for God's will. And what really struck me Uh, In this particular passage was the fact that as soon as he started praying, Gabriel was coming down from the heavens. It's almost as if God knew that Daniel was a righteous man and was going to pray the right way. And God's will was going to be revealed to Daniel. Because as soon as he started praying, it says that that Gabriel was coming down from the heavens. So it didn't even, before he even got through the confession or uh, what he wanted God to do uh, or certainly to reveal to him, um, Gabriel was on his way with it, which, which is just... Strikes me as uh, something that that I certainly can learn. Uh, Don't be selfish in my prayer. Don't be praying for me for my will, but be praying for God's will to be done. Uh, And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. We will be right back. This is
1: Man Up.
3: You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Facebook under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up,
0: and welcome back. This is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men, podcast number one sixty six. Uh, we're getting down to our final segment. Uh, we've been uh, in studying Daniel uh, from the Baptist Way Press. Uh, this is lesson ten. Uh, we've been talking about Daniel's prayer of confession, and want to go around. Uh, uh, around the horn and uh, get some more uh, insight and maybe uh, a little bit of uh, of man uh, applications uh, of this and what we can we can take from this lesson and start with the uh, the professor.
5: One thing is interesting. Whenever we talk about prayer. I always think of prayer, and I I learned this years ago, so this is not unique to me. This is something that I learned. But you can always think of the prayer by the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, A for adoration, praising God for who he is, seek for confession, T for thanksgiving, thanking God, which is different than adoration. Adoration is God is great, thanking God is Hey, thank you for the beautiful creation you gave me. And then S, supplication. And supplication is where we're asking God for ours and others' needs. One thing that I think we see here is Daniel spent a ton of time here with confession. And like Steve said, we are really, really bad as Protestants in particular with confession you know it's it's one of those we want to god forgive me where i sinned where i failed you move on and by the way here's my christmas list
1: <laughs> right
5: right you know it, it, that's literally a lot of us want to treat god like santa claus and he's not he's the creator of the universe the things he gives us he gives us out of the love for us that he has and the one thing that I want to remind everybody, and I, and I think this is also where the cheap grace concept comes in a little bit. Sin has consequences. Whether we want to admit the sin or not admit the sin, doesn't matter. We can admit the sin to God. And does God forgive us? Absolutely. There is. If if no one hears anything else I said tonight, there's forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the grace of God for our sins. Period. End of discussion. Now, gluttony is a sin. If I overeat, can I pray for God to forgive me my sin and will he? Yes, he will. What's the consequence of it? I'm going to carry a little bit more weight than I should and as I get older, that little bit more weight can become a bad thing and cause me to have a bunch of health issues. You know, there are consequences to our sins. And I think one thing we have to think about as men as we go through life and weigh things out. You know, what are the, are we forgiven? Yes. Do we have sins of omission versus sins of commission? Omission means we just accidentally did something. Commission means, you know what? that's a good-looking woman over there. I'm going to go cheat on my wife with her. That's a commission sin. How we handle that and how we handle the consequences of it speak to how we react as men as we move forward. And I think Daniel realizes this, and it's reflected in the prayer, because God forgave Israel and put them back in place.
3: They still spent 70 years in Babylon. It (laughs) It didn't go back to exactly the same. There it were some. Not. There were. They never. We never got to the heights of David and Solomon. Uh, that had in their in their golden past. Uh, they there was a there was a period of independence, but it was relatively short, about a hundred years, maybe a little less if you if you if you don't count so much of the stuff came happened. It happened shortly about after you know the the Hesmonian, the dynasty Hasmonean yep. dynasty uh and then the Romans came in, so israel- Israel came back to god but and they got their homeland back, they got uh the temple rebuilt um but well, it was not the same as it was in the past it never it never became the kingdom it was uh but that's because God had other plans <laughs> yeah.
5: well and and I think it's in the book of Ezra when they look at the temple that was rebuilt. The people who had seen Solomon's temple wept because the temple was so inferior to what Solomon's, it's called Zerubbabel's temple. And it was so much less than what Solomon's temple ever was.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I like Robert's. uh, Yeah.
4: Thank you. I like Robert's uh, little illustration there on gluttony. Uh, So, we eat too much, and then and and, and now we got to be careful. Make sure that the Holy Spirit is convicting us, and not not our wife or our children or something like that. But we eat too much, and we ask God for forgiveness, and then we turn around and do the same thing the next day. This is what I'm thinking. The author, we have, the author, commented on the cheap grace, Robert. I'm glad you mentioned that earlier, and you brought it up for us because what I ch- think of cheap grace is when I say, "Okay, God, I, I'm sorry." Uh, I won't do this again and then I do it again or I, I don't I'm not brave enough to say I won't do this again I just say I'm go- I'm sorry God would you forgive me and then I turn around the next day and do the same thing again and the author kind of says this is what cheap grace is when you don't turn from your your from what you believe is wrong or what you believe is a sin in fact uh, when I read that passage earlier uh, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I, I tell you, I have to, I have to admit, I I like apple fritters a lot, but <laughs> it, 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 it's it, it's no, it's very interesting because, like I said, the the author of the, this lesson mentioned that, and Chief Grace is pretty much what he says is whatever you yes you, you repent of it, but repent it has to has to mean a godly effort to turn from it and stop doing it right and i i thought that's very interesting how you described uh, chief grace now my man up principle that i'm thinking all this i i'll tell you what i've learned a lot from this lesson uh daniel daniel didn't pray for himself he prayed for everybody including himself bill you guys have all said this and this is just amazing to me. Instead of just praying for my children and just praying for uh, those I work with or, 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 or people who are ill that I know of or sick, I should be praying for the forgiveness of sins for our whole country and, 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 and forgiveness of the people. Now, whether they turn back to God, whether they seek him is, is their choice. But we have sinned, and we have been wicked in our country. Yes, America has been. Um, And and again, I'm speaking to myself. We should include ourselves in asking forgiveness. We should honor and praise God for who he is. We should thank God for his righteous judgments. And and guys, you know, it's very interesting because uh, Daniel says, look, uh, God, you judge us, and you brought disaster on us in verse 14. Because you're righteous, and we deserved it, so the disaster itself was not a sin. It was a righteous judgment of God, and He does tend to do that. So, anyway, those those thoughts have come to my mind, and, and we should realize that God is who He is because He loves us, and He does discipline us because He loves us, and He does forgive us because He loves us, and because He is righteous, and more important, because He is merciful.
0: Right. Excellent. And uh, uh, before we go around the room and get uh, some final takeaways from the fellows about this week's podcast, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I'm a Navy veteran. And when I was in the Navy, uh, I, uh, I was late. I was late to my muster once and only once. And I'll never forget my chief coming up to me. And said, Cox, you're late. And I go, I'm sorry. And he looked me right in the eye he says, don't be sorry, change. And I was never late again. And I think when we confess our sin to the Lord, that's what the Lord is expecting from us don't just be sorry, change. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and get some final thoughts from the fellas. Uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch.
3: Well, yes, I, to kind of put an exclamation point on what, what Robert and, and Mike were saying, you really have to own it. And that's, that's difficult uh, uh, in a lot of cases when you're apologizing. And, and Daniel here really owns it. Uh, he says this 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 was totally on us. Uh, we deserved what we got. Uh, there were reasons for it, and uh, we are deeply sorry. Not just because we got punished, but because our relationship was was hurt badly. And he's speaking to God. But like I said, it works in our interpersonal relationships as well. Now, the the wonderful thing about God is that is that 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 sundering can be mended. On many cases, in our personal relationships, they break for good, and that's what you have to accept as a as a consequence. Uh, if you're unfaithful to your wife, your relationship, your, your marriage may end. Um, if you're if you get involved in substance abuse, uh, your your job may end. It's and and those those will be consequences that uh, even a conversion okay. may not change. Uh, but part of that conversion is the again the acceptance of the consequences, and I said earlier, but also acceptance of the grace, the ability to
4: move on.
0: Excellent. A couple of takeaways uh, from you, Michael Cropper.
4: Oh, that's good, Steve. Um, my question here: God looks at the heart. Once again, we've said this many times. In fact, Daniel reflects. The attitude of his heart and what he says and how he acts, especially when he shows uh, shows a penitent spirit by putting on sackcloth and ashes, and fasting. When we sin, do do again, God looks on our heart. We may sin, and uh, we ask forgiveness. Do we really mean it? Are we are we going to turn away from it? Are we going to tempt it away? Some sometimes we. Can't necessarily break off a bad habit in the first time we try to turn from it, but if we ask God's help, He was faithful and just, and help and will help us if in our heart we really mean that, and if we praise Him the same thing too. I think Robert mentioned that in church. A couple, a couple of you have mentioned going to church when we worship and ad, and adore God, when we sing praises to Him from the hymnal, and when we worship Him, are we doing it from the heart? Or are we doing it as a a procedure, or a protocol, or something we're supposed to do to look good? Are we doing it because we want to impress the people around us? I think God looks in the heart on everything we do, whether we're doing our best at work, or whether we're uh, uh, loving our family and trying to do the best we can as parents and dads, and I think that's very important as, as examples to men, and that's simply remember that God looks on our heart. And attitude is what it's all about. And our attitude is reflected in what we do. Bill?
0: Excellent. Uh, Professor, takeaways uh, from you.
5: Oh, Mike, good good job teeing me up. Didn't even plan it that way. Sometimes God does this. So this started out with Daniel. And if you remember when when Bill first read the passage, it said that Daniel was reading Jeremiah's prophecy. So... This is in Jeremiah chapter 29. We actually get a letter that he wrote to the exiles, and this is 29:10 through 13. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And verse 13 is the key here. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I think that's what Mike was alluding to, and that was why I kind of joked, man, teed it up for me there. When we seek God with our heart, and that's in reality what we are all called to do, as men especially, is to really, really seek God. Not because we look good in church, and not because it gives us a, so, a social circle, but because he is God and we are literally called to be there with him as a part of that.
2: Excellent.
0: And I want to thank the panel and, and you for listening and tuning in. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And each of us are on this individual faith journey. And when this COVID, uh, the quarantine is over, I want to encourage you to find a local Bible-based church. And in the meantime, if you don't have a church that's online, you can tune into uh, YouTube and find Sugarland Baptist Church. And they come online. Our, our church comes and does a traditional uh, Baptist service at 945 on Sundays. You're more than welcome. I'd like to invite you to go ahead and find that online and participate in, uh, in worship. And when we are out of this quarantine, I wanted to encourage each and every one of you to find a local Bible-based church why locals so you'll go and participate and find an adult bible fellowship uh group that you can go ahead and have deep discussions like the one we have here and if there isn't a man only one go ahead and start one this is man up you've been listening to man up you've got- Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men.
4: If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You
0: can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up podcast.